You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, pet events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, cyber cats, kittens, critters, and creatures of all creation. This is Diane West coming at you once again with Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. How are you? Hope you're doing really well today. I was having such fun doing this show. I know I've said this before, but it really doesn't feel like work because it really lets me do two things that I love doing. Walking around New York and meeting new people and talking. So again, thank you very much to Pet Life Radio for giving me this opportunity. It's, um, it's been a lot of fun. Today's show, I hope you really like. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do is actually going to bring us to Broadway and how much more New York can you get than being on Broadway let's let's be honest so our guests are going to be author Bill Berloni who wrote a wonderful book called Broadway Tales heartfelt stories of rescued dogs who became showbiz superstars and I had a great chance to talk with Bill right at Broadway Barks when uh, he was signing copies of his book and I was not only sitting next to him but I was sitting next to the two Chihuahuas who are going to be playing the next Bruisers at uh, Legally Blonde so <laughs> it was kind of funny and he, he really had some fantastic stories to tell and he actually taught me some things I didn't know if it was possible to train a cat and he actually did say some tricks on how to train a cat so I'm actually gonna try it in my house and see what happens let me know if it happens in your house too then we had the distinct honor of talking with Bernadette Peters whom as everybody knows is the beautiful and multi-talented Broadway actress Um, she's also been on screen and television and not only does she have a voice like a songbird but if you've ever seen her in Gypsy or Annie Get Your Gun or any of the Broadway shows throughout the years she's just a magnificent actress and, and really a New York institution here and she had some very interesting thoughts on pit bulls she's been a longtime supporter of um, animal adoption in New York and as a matter of fact Broadway Barks which celebrated its 10th year this year was her idea and Mary Tyler Moore's idea and they are they have been the hosts for the last 10 years and if you've ever been in Schubert Alley that's where it takes place Schubert Alley is pretty much what it sounds like it's an alley between 7th and 8th Avenue and 44th and 45th it's pretty small right now at the Schubert Theater Spamalot is 
funny Python Spamalot is playing and it's kind of a small space and you would not believe the amount of people and animals and um, adoption groups that they pack in there. It, it's really fun but it's very very crowded and that's really a testament to Bernadette's and Mary Tyler Moore's ability to get people to come out really and this year was um, generously sponsored in part by ASPCA and Pedigree Dog Food and as well as a number of other great sponsors as well so we thank them for that so Bernadette Peters who like I said is a very big animal advocate also is a very big pit bull advocate and and especially here that has become an increasingly controversial topic um tragically just within the last few weeks there was an elderly man a very elderly man in his 90s on staten island who was attacked by two pit bulls and, and just in a horrific manner he actually had to have several amputations after that and then shortly after that, there was um, a report of a child getting bit by a pit bull. So as a result, as, as what usually happens, a number of legislators, um, both on the local and state levels, have been once again discussing legislation to ban or at least restrain pit bulls in public. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of people that absolutely love pit bulls and they're on the side of the pit bulls and they're fond of saying um, it's the deed, not the breed. Usually that means that the owner needs some training and the dog is just a really innocent bystander, if you will, of their training. And of course, we all know um, the Michael Vick story with, with the um, pit bull fighting. But I, I was actually very impressed with what Bernadette had to say. So definitely listen and see if you agree with her. Then we go downtown to Tompkins Square Park, which is one of my favorite places. And is also a key place in dog culture in New York. It was the location of the very first dog park in New York in Manhattan about 20 years ago and it is still a lively and vibrant and eclectic and festive um, place today and it was host to a therapy dog celebration celebrating therapy dogs and they had an opportunity to speak with three women who are heavily involved in the therapy dog movement here in New York City who work at a number of the top hospitals here with their dogs and they gave some really good insights on what's involved with being a therapy dog team. I do get a lot of questions both at my magazine, New York Tales magazine, and through Pet Life Radio about how one can become a therapy dog and these women really address a lot of those questions. But before we get to all this great stuff, we are going to get to some great messages from our sponsors. So stay tuned, and I'll be right back. This is a Pelham Bay Parkbound, six local trains. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the city will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. 
Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a Bone to Pick. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get 10% off with coupon code PETLIFE. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? See, I told you I'd be back. And we're going to be speaking with our first guest, Bill Berloni. Again, he is the author of Broadway Tales, Heartfelt Stories of Rescued Dogs Who Became Showbiz Superstars. 20% of the royalties of the sale of his book will go to the Sandy Fund, which he set up uh, quite some time ago and is run through the Humane Society of New York. And Sandy, of course, being a um, tip of the hat and an honor to uh, one of his first dogs that he trained as a young man, and of course that was Sandy, for the play Annie. So let's go and talk with Bill. And uh, we're here at Broadway Barks, the 10th anniversary of it actually, right in here in Schubert Alley. And it's already starting to start getting packed with dogs and people. And we're lucky to be here with uh, Bill Berloni, who is a theatrical animal trainer and has been training dogs since the late 70s? Yes, 1977 was my first Broadway show. And uh, he has written a book about all of the dogs and I guess some of the people he's met over the years, Broadway Tales, Heartfelt Stories of Rescued Dogs Who Became Showbiz Superstars. Um, And I was actually just talking to Bill a few minutes ago and he said actually the first Sandy from Annie, they they specifically asked you to pick the muddiest mud of all muds. That's right. Uh, My first Broadway show was the original production of Annie, the Broadway musical, and I found the original Sandy. And uh, when they were looking to uh, set up the show, they wanted me to find a dog of indistinguishable breed so that uh, it would match what was in the comic strip. 
How did you find her? Um, at that point, I was 19 years old. We didn't have a lot of money, and I heard they had cheap dogs at the pound. So I went to a local animal shelter and found him um, there and paid $7 for the original dog. Wow, and, and that $7 turned into? Into a whole career, which is now chronicled in Broadway Tales. Wow, great. Now, how did you get into showbiz in the first place? Um, I wanted to be an actor, and when I graduated high school, I started building scenery as an apprentice at a theater called the Goodspeed Opera House in East Haddam, Connecticut. And they would do new musicals. I thought if I were around real professional actors, I could learn something from them. And that was the season they did Annie, and they needed a dog in the show but couldn't afford a professional. So there were you. There I was. <laughs> okay. Now, in addition to dogs, um, I was reading a little bit of your background. You've done cats, rats, birds, pigs. Am, am I missing anything? Sheep. Sheep. Okay, and, and now let me ask you, for what, can you tell me what kind of plays you would use those animals for? We used pigs in Alice in Wonderland, the Broadway production. We used cats also in Alice in Wonderland in a play recently called The Lieutenant of Inishmore. Sheep in the revival of Gypsy. Um, rats in an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical called The Woman in White. Now, what, I gotta ask you, uh, from dogs, the cats, the sheep, everybody, who's the easiest to train? Certainly dogs have more affinity for pleasing man than any other species, but they all have some sort of, you know, inner life, and if you could tap into that, they'll work for us. I mean, because I would think cats would be kind of hard to train. Cats you can't train because of their independent nature, so I trick them. I trick them? How? Well, if I want them to go stage right, I pretend like I want them to go stage left, and then they go stage right. <laughs> so you have to tell them the opposite of what to Yes. Gee, that sounds like my house. It sounds like it probably works on husbands and wives, too. Uh, not always. Not my wife. She's way too smart for me. <laughs> so, now, what happens if you happen to work... I, I guess you also have to work with the actors and actresses as well. Have you ever encountered a, a time when an actor or an actress was kind of apprehensive about working with a, an animal? There have been many times, and I talk about some of them in my book, but you would think at casting calls, if an actor was working with an animal, you would ask if they were allergic or terribly frightened. And sometimes maybe actors aren't so truthful at auditions, and then it becomes my problem when we get into rehearsal. And certainly the dogs don't want to go to someone that they don't feel he really likes them, so it does become a problem at times. Are there more difficulties or at least challenges of working with animals in, in a live Broadway environment as opposed to, say, on television or in movies? In television and movies, you get it right once and they pay you a lot of money. In theater, we have to do it eight times a week in front of a live audience for a little money. So, um, but it is the most thrilling art form, I believe, which is why I'm here. And that's the challenge. You know, I love movies because you just do it once and you go home. But theater is much more challenging and certainly much more rewarding with the shelter animals because they have a longer life and, and they work more. Now, do you specifically try and look for shelter animals when you're looking for a, a casting call? That very first day when I was 19 years old and I found the original Sandy, I'd never been to an animal shelter. And I remember being so appalled and mortified as a young person that I made a promise to myself that if I ever got another animal, I would adopt one from a shelter, not knowing that that would ultimately be my career. So it's just a fulfillment of a promise, you know, and also to give back to the community, you know, the animal welfare groups that helped me out. Now, is there something inherently easier to train a, a mixed breed animal or, or are there times when there might be a call for a, a pure breed animal? We get both purebreds and mixed breeds, and 
you know, it's again, why why would I take someone's beloved pet to use in a show when then there's an animal that might be euthanized if no one adopts it? So it's it's a no-brainer to me. Why not use shelter animals? Not just for what I do, but you know, as pets. You got to tell me what one of your most memorable backstage moments was with with an animal. I'm sure there's been some hijinks over your long career. Oh God, goodness! That's what the whole book is about. Most recently on the Broadway production of Legally Blonde, um, there's a bulldog character, and in the original production when we tried out in San Francisco, she was in one scene. She was so well received in that scene, they decided to write another scene in the second act for her when we came back to New York for Broadway. So we we rehearsed the scene in between San Francisco and New York, and we opened at the Palace Theater in our first preview, and she was so excited to be on stage that she ran on on stage in the second act and threw up. Which in bulldog language means I'm very happy. <laughs> so I knew I had done my job, and she really enjoyed performing. Um, so, but the throwing up, you might have to work. Well, she only did it once, and then she was over her excitement, and she settled right in. So, <laughs> well, so did you ever have an actor throw up on stage? No act. I, I've had some Annies um, go to the bathroom on stage, but not the dogs. <laughs> Now, I was very interested in, in one dog you were talking about, Vito. You said he's actually deaf, and you had to train him a little bit differently. With hand signals and such? Yes, he was the understudy in a revival of Oliver starring Patti Lapone. And when I wasn't given enough rehearsal time to get the main dog up to speed, I had one day to get the understudy up to speed. When I adopted him, I didn't know he was deaf. And uh, we discovered it, and I was training him with hand signals in a flashlight, and it was through... That flash. What a flashlight. A flashlight. Because uh, he had a really acute, his sense of sight was highly, you know, acute at that point. And so, you know, we did, we trained him to do the show with a flashlight. Did he pick that up? Like, how would you use the flashlight, for example? Um, to get him to come to us, to come here, to get him to go from point A to point B, to find his ball, find a reward. And he picked it up right away? Yes. You say these are mostly rescues, if not all of them. Yep. So uh, where do they stay once they're not on stage? Are they adopted by you or somebody else? Yes, we currently have 24 dogs. 19 of them are retired actors. You personally have 24 dogs? Yes. In your house? Yes, in Connecticut. <laughs> so you have a big backyard? We have a big backyard and a dog wing specially designed for them to be in. And, and they live with us and sleep with us and walk through, so... So now, do, do any of the actors actually get attached to a dog and want to adopt them or bring them home? They all get attached to the dog. That doesn't mean that I'm going to give them to them. You know, on, on rare occasions, uh, there have been times where I felt that the dog would be happier with the person they've worked with than living with us on the farm. And so maybe three or four times that's happened over 30 years. So when you adopt them, they're, they're yours? Just like we say to people, you know, you make a commitment for life or, or what's best for the animal. And in, in my case, because I do so much adoptions and work with an adoption agency, you know, sometimes we do rehome them if we feel they're not the happiest with us. There are some people who, for example, say zoos, um, you know, they, the animals shouldn't be made to perform. And, you know, like that. How would you say you're, you're a little bit different in terms of making the animals perform? As a corporate policy of my company, I won't work or represent wild animals, um, primates, big cats, wild animals. But if, it, if an animal has to been domesticated and lives with, within the human world, I'll work with it. So again, these are animals that society have thrown away. 
in live theater, the proof is that if, if they didn't want to be there, they wouldn't run out on stage night after night and do what they wanted to do. So I believe we're providing with good lives as well as not just during the show, but after the show. But we do, you know, ignorance is one of the f- biggest forms of abuse. And I don't handle anything that's not a cat or a dog. I have other trainers who are experts with those species who handle those domesticated animals. So the piglets and the rats and things like that are subcontracted? They're subcontract, or they come in and teach me how to handle them. But if it comes to horses, if it comes to reptiles, if it comes to exotic birds, insects, I have other trainers who do those. Okay. Now, do you have any tips for people that would like to maybe get their pets into showbiz? I I imagine you have people come up to you all the time and say, oh, my dog would be perfect. Yes. I mean, we, for all of our film, television, and print work, we represent other people's dogs. And, you know, what I look for is not the person who wants to make their dog a star, a person who happens to have a well-trained dog, who happens to enjoy their company, and has really no thought of going to show business. Because then I know they're coming and doing it for the fun of it and with their animal's best interest in mind, not to gain fame. So then how do you find them? You just kind of scout out dogs? I go to Humane Society Benefits. I go to dog shows. I go to agility shows. A lot of people write me over the Internet. You know, Again, I just look. I, I could be walking down the streets of Manhattan and see someone with a really beautiful dog that I believe is well-loved and go, you know, are you interested in doing this? just walk down the street and be discovered that's right you have actually you, you kind of answered my next question if you know about tips do you have anyone in particular that you might be looking for right now currently we have no new shows on the horizon we have the tours of legally blonde the musical a tour of annie and a tour of the wizard of oz all of which we have dogs for but you know we're constantly looking for you know new talent again for the print movie and television fields and how would, how would someone get in, I'm going to open a floodgate, how would somebody get in touch with you if they thought they might have the right animal? If you go online and Google animal agents, and specifically New York, because you have to live near the area where you're going to work, my company as well as a lot of other agents will come up and you can contact us. Our website is theatricalanimals.com, so you could write us there. And I, I heard actually someone came by the table and you said you're working with Petfinder with a project? Yes, 20% of my royalties of Broadway Tales goes to the Humane Society of New York where I've set up a fund in honor of my original Sandy. But what we've done is with through Petfinder, we want to be able to go to groups like Broadway Barks here today and I, you know, sell the book at wholesale to the organization, let them sell it for retail, and I will come and not only sign them, but I can bring a dog into a demonstration if there's a shelter group that's, that can use a celebrity dog trainer for a fundraising event. So, in other words, uh, if, if you're listening today and you are, you know, a shelter manager, they could give you a call and you could see if you work it into your schedule to come by? Yep, you could email us at our website, theatricalanimals.com. And, and again, PetFinder has posted it on their webpage on how to contact us as well for benefits. Great, and I should mention that I'm actually, in addition to sitting next to Bill, I'm sitting next to, what is it, the two uh, chihuahuas for Legally Blonde? Yes, the two new dogs that will be in the tour of Legally Blonde, the musical, touring the country in September. Now, is it usual to have two dogs that look alike for each show? Well, they are living creatures. They tend to get sick, and I'm not going to put on a dog suit and cover their part. <laughs> especially a chihuahua. Yes, especially a chihuahua. Phil, thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> Well, I uh, I am definitely going to try that trick with the cats in my house, and I will let you know how it goes. I, I just thought it was so funny that um, Bill says he actually has to trick them by telling them the opposite of what he wants them to do. And I think a lot of us uh, who are in a relationship of any kind with a human 
have somebody in our life like that as well, where if we tell them the opposite, they'll do the opposite. So let's see how it goes with both people and humans. I'd, I'd love to hear your your experiences. Stay tuned again. Going to hear from some of our great sponsors, and I'll be right back with Bernadette Peters. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? I know in your book, uh, one of the things you do is you sing a song at the end, actually, correct? Yes, yes, it's a lullaby. Kramer gets adopted, and every night... Isabel sings, uh, sings them to sleep, so it's a song, a little lullaby that I wrote. Now, uh, how, how much of it is based on true life? The book? Well, um, it's a little heightened. The truth is, is he, Kramer, my dog, it's his story, was found in the park. His name was Douglas. He actually came from the ASPCA, but in the book, we have someone that looks suspiciously like me find him, take him to Schubert Alley, where he gets up and sings. And people laugh at him because they don't realize he's singing. They just hear howling. And he doesn't get... They pull him off. And then a little girl named Isabel 
tells him, I loved your singing and I loved your dancing. And she, he goes home with her. Fantastic. Now, I, one of the things I do want to ask is you actually have, is it two pit bulls or, or Stella's? I have one pit bull. I have Stella's a pit bull and Kramer is my Heinz 57 variety dog. <laughs> now, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, legislation against pit bulls and what have you. I mean, I was just curious as a pit bull lover what, what you feel about that. Well, I don't think it's a great idea because I just think that those people that are, are making their dogs aggressive will just take another breed and do it to another breed. Uh, and the sad part about it is they're the most loving, connected dogs. They just always want to be with you, and they'll do anything for you, and that's the problem. This, you know, if you want, if they say, yeah, I want you to fight for me, they'll fight for you, you know. But they are actually just the most loving, just want to sit in your lap dogs. They're, they're, they're lap dogs. How long have you had Stella for? She's uh, 10. That's great. One last question, do you sing to your dogs at night? Uh, I sing to them sometimes. Kramer loves music. When I rehearse and I'm going over songs, they come in. He really comes over and he lets me know what song he likes. He wags his tail. What kind of music does he prefer? He likes songs with rhythm. But he loves his song and he knows it's his song. When I start to sing it, he gets all puffed up and acts like a peacock and prances around. He knows the book is for him. And we did some television appearances and he's just... I always said he was an actor in his last life like a John Barrymore. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us at Pet Life Radio. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I once again wanted to thank Bernadette Peters and her agent, Judy Katz, for letting me get that quick interview in. I, I can tell you, I saw for myself, Bernadette was sitting at a very long table signing copies of her book, Broadway Barks, which is a wonderful children's book. It, it's already selling like hotcakes, and it also has the added bonus of a wonderful song sung by Bernadette Peters. So go pick that up, and again, the sale, partial proceeds of the sale of that book will go to help animals. I have to say I was really impressed with her answer about the pit bulls. I'd like to know what you think about it. Again, this is, as I know, a very, very hot topic. And I know you guys have very strong opinions about everything, so I want to hear them. You know, and I I do have to stress that she didn't know I was going to ask that question. So it sounds like to me she had given it some thought before. But do you agree with her? Let me know. Do you disagree with her? Let me know that too. For our final segment today, we're going to be talking with three wonderful women that I met down at Tompkins Square Park to celebrate therapy dogs. Therapy dogs have really become a irreplaceable part of medical treatment pretty much across the board, from physical therapy to mental health to um, even even cardiovascular therapy. A lot of people are given dogs by their do- not by their doctors, but their doctors will suggest that they get a dog, so they actually get up from the couch and have to walk the dog a few times a day to uh, you know get them moving and exercising. Studies have shown blood pressure lowers when you pet a dog or a cat. Provides companionship for people that might otherwise be lonely. So, you know, I could go on and on, but people, it, it's really starting to become documented, even in the scientific literature, the validity of having therapy dogs to help 
people get healthy. So I had the wonderful experience of speaking with three women down in Tompkins Square Park who are very heavily involved in therapy dog programs here. Some of the biggest hospitals in New York, you'll hear them talking about Columbia Presbyterian and a number of other organizations that they work with. And they give really good advice also on if somebody would like to have their dog as a therapy dog. One of the biggest questions I get at both uh, the magazine, New York Tales magazine, which is at www.newyorktales.com. That's my magazine. And starting to get at Pet Life Radio as well is how does one get their dog into a therapy dog program, which means there's a lot of very good-hearted people out there, but there are some things you need to consider, both for your dog's personality and your personality as well, and I, I really think they gave a good synopsis of whether you and your dog are a good candidate, so, and they, then, they, of course, they give some information on how you might want to pursue that, so let's go down to Tompkins Square Park, which is on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, beautiful day and here we are hello you're here with diane west in the middle of beautiful Tompkins square park on the lower east side Tompkins square park is actually a um, very famous place uh, in terms of dog culture because it was the first uh, established dog run in new york city uh geez about 20 years ago now anyway today june 1st is the it is now the location of the celebrating 10 years of service of the good dog foundation the good dog foundation um, supports a lot of um, use of dogs uh, in therapy different kind of therapeutic situations uh, anything from physical therapy to mental therapy to even reading with children so we're going to talk to a few of the groups that are participating here and um, it's, it's really great so it's a nice day let's go see who we can get for us so I'm Diane West here with Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio on this beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Tompkins Square Park which is actually a touchstone of of dog culture for New York. Uh, it's one of the first dog runs, I, I think, in New York uh, about 20 years back. Today we're celebrating um, some of the wonderful dogs and, of course, the wonderful people that use their dogs to actually help people who, who are in need. And I'm here with uh, three very special ladies and their dogs right now. Can you introduce yourselves? Yes, my name is Aguirre Griffin, and uh, I'm here with my two fabulous therapy dogs, Fauna and Clayton. And uh, they they visit at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital, where I run the Angel on a Leash therapy dog program. And uh, they also visit at New Alternatives for Children, working with children in foster care. Okay, and you? Hi, I'm Barbara Babikian, and I have Lily, who's a 10-pound Sheltie. And she is also an Angel on a Leash therapy dog visiting at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital. Hi, and I'm Janet Howard, and I'm here with my chocolate poodle, Gigi, who is a good dog. Gigi's certified from the Good Dog Foundation, and um, she also is an angel on a leash. We work in a couple of different organizations on a weekly basis. We're at New Alternatives for Children, which is um, an angel on a leash organization. And we also work at NYU Medical and the Children's Inpatient Critical Care Oncology Unit. And I can't tell you 
what this means to the children that we see. It's very rewarding. Now, when you say the oncology unit, of course, unfortunately, you're talking about children that are battling cancer. Absolutely. And this is the inpatient critical care unit. So these are these these are kids who are there for a significant amount of time. And if we can be there just for a, a short visit, um, of course, they have to be doctors approved before they can come out and see her. Gigi's a non-shedding poodle, and so she has to be perfectly clean. But she's a she's a big stress buster to these children. Mm -hmm. so if she, it's like stroking a little living stuffed animal. And uh, a little bit about what Lily does. Well, Lily is um, a cuddler. As soon as I say cuddle up, she will jump out of my arms into the bed of the child, and she will move her body until her body's touching the child, and then she falls asleep. And it's also um, a great distraction when the children are getting shots. We'll come in, and it's a very big distraction to have a dog there while they're getting um, an unfortunate uh, shot. And now you work with seniors, correct, your dogs? I, I have worked with seniors, but my dogs mainly work with children. Mm -hmm. um, they work with children at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital. Uh, also, the children at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital are pretty seriously ill, so the dogs have to have their basic obedience for sure. And uh, they have to be calm animals and intuitive, and both Bonnet and Clayton are. Clayton's very serious. Bonnet is a goof. She'll belly up and wag her tail. Clayton wouldn't be caught dead doing that. Uh, <laughs> so they're very different personalities, both great workers. So now, um, just real briefly, if you guys could tell me, a lot of, a lot of uh, readers and listeners write us asking, oh, you know, I think I have a perfect dog for therapy work. What would you say would be a first step toward that? Well, first of all, you have to have a dog that is obedience trained, and they also have to like people, and they have to want to be pet. So to me, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I would say... Um, one of the things you look for in a dog is a dog has to be a social animal. It must love people, and it must love... Oftentimes people think that their dogs like people, but it's people within their own home. But when you take a dog out on the street, and uh, you ask a dog to go up to someone, that's a very different situation. And the dog has to really enjoy that interaction to be a good therapy dog. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think um, one of Gigi's qualities is that she's particularly unflappable. And I, I think, uh, especially given that she has, she has a, a longer-haired poodle, I think um, you just never know what situation you might find yourself in with a child who actually grabs and pulls the hair a little tougher than they should. Dog has to be um, particularly calm and, and obviously um, have the animal assisted therapy certification. Good Dog Foundation does provide that. They're one of the one of the premier um, organizations in the Northeast and um, very hands on. Right now, if you can just uh, let us know uh, some of the websites that uh, guys can visit you at, and um, we'll put that down. Go ahead. Sure, you can go to angelonaleash.org and learn about Angel on a Leash, and you can go to ASPCA.org and click on Therapy Dogs, Therapy Dog Classes, and you can find about the classes at the ASPCA and the Delta Society certification. And Delta Society uh, website is? DeltaSociety.org. Okay. And also the Good the Good Dog Foundation dot org. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, time has flown by way too fast. I had such fun as I always do doing this show for you, and I'm really looking forward to doing the next one for you. There are so many events going on in July in New York. I mean, forget about it. I It would take me like 10 minutes to just give you the highlights. So I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to cheat and tell you to log on to our website, 
meaning the website for my magazine, New York Tales, which is www.newyorktales.com. And you could pick for yourself. Now, I, I don't want to hear any excuses. If you have a dog, there's something for you. If there's a cat, there's something for you. Birds, fish, you like outdoor things, you know, get up, get out. <laughs> And do something and meet some new friends and a lot of these things are absolutely free some of them aren't some of them are fundraisers but they're very fun you know just a wide example is um, that there's dog hikes there's hikes in Central Park after dark guided of course but you'd be amazed at how much wildlife there is uh, right here in the city just the other day I was I was walking along Central Park and I saw two little baby raccoons you know skitter across the path in front of me I, I was shocked so really there's something for everyone there's big Long Island Parrot Society bird show coming up this weekend you know I could go on but it's much easier for you to go to www.newyorktales.com and go to our calendar section and there will be something for you I guarantee it again that's about all I have time for today but I'm looking forward to bringing you another great show next week and stay tuned because I'm working on getting some good prizes going for you some really unique prizes of course that would be for charity but these are not your average raffle ticket prizes these are some really creative fun prizes so let, let me work a little bit more on that and I will bring more information to you about that. I just wanted to thank everyone who participated in my science experiment last week through a dog's ear that the song that they generously let us play for you. I thought that was important because with the 4th of July, as you know, a lot of dogs are none too happy with the fireworks going off. And I got a particularly, this kind of summed up a number of the reviews that we got. This was actually from a good friend of ours, Ada Nieves, who is so talented. She creates by hand these absolutely exquisite lines of, of clothing for dogs as well as treats as well but she's always featured in magazines and she has four absolutely adorable chihuahuas who of course serve as her models as well but here's one thing that she said when she listened to it and of course with the dogs she said how interesting i don't know if tequila that's one of her chihuahuas fell asleep because i was holding him or because of the sound and then she said, and I did notice Tabasco's, that's another Chihuahua, ears went up and then just, he kind of just slowed down his hyper personality. He's one of her show dogs, actually. She said, now me, I did relax. So it sounds like it might be good both for dogs and for people. So give it a try. She actually said she was sold on it and she's going to pick up her copy and give me some more comments. I've so far heard good things and let me know good bad ugly otherwise and again that's gonna be our show thank you so much once again for tuning in to pets in the city on pet life radio and while you're here please do visit some of my colleagues and their wonderful shows catitude oh behave what were you thinking i'm really honored to be in the 
company of, of such a field of experts. So, and Dr. Pooh's like, you know, I can't even list all of them, but it's a lot. So definitely listen to them as well. This is Diane West from Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. Thanking you for listening to us. And I will be talking to you soon again. Thanks. Bye-bye. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.